You're listening to Hope Gateway Conversations, discussions and presentations of interest to the Hope Gateway community. Inspired by the words of Micah 6.8, our mission is to do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with God. Hope Gateway is on a Lenten journey, and our theme that guides us is Disabling Lent, an anti-ableist Lenten series. Have the opportunity to talk today with lead pastor, Reverend Sarah Ewing Merrill, and Courtney Tabor. So let me invite you, Courtney and Sarah, to talk about the widening understanding and the vision of what it means to be Hope Gateway as an even more inclusive community within the context of our Learning Journey theme. I can start with that. I think that it's a opportune moment for us as a community to reach into an expansiveness of what it means to be an inclusive church. We have been really clear as Hope Gateway community for many years and through our disaffiliation process about our inclusiveness for the LGBTQ plus community, and we're standing strong in that identity. And we now have an opportunity to think of that in a more challenging way, in ways that we haven't thought about it before, to what it means to be more inclusive to more people who have found themselves on the margins and really excluded from an affirming faith community that doesn't condemn them or judge them or cure them, but honors them as beautiful, wonderful, gifted contributors to who we are and who we can become through their participation in our community. And I would just add, this is Courtney, to kind of go off of what Sarah said, I think so often disabled people don't feel welcome in in church spaces. And part of that is because of the narrative and rhetoric rhetoric around disability, kind of the idea that disability is, some people say like it's a sin. Some people say that disability is something that needs to be cured and then reference, you know, healing stories and uh, and biblical scripture to kind of defend that. Some people say that disabled people are just here to, you know, to to kind of teach non-disabled people about how to be better Christians. And and so for all of those reasons, a lot of people with disabilities just don't feel welcome in in the church. And furthermore, the accessibility component of, of church spaces, whether people with disabled bodies like feel like they can actually access the space and the materials and stuff. So I think I'm personally really excited to be a part of this journey with Hope Gateway and exploring ways that we can really strongly affirm the worth of of disabled lives and affirm that both in belief and in in like in what we say and also in new ways of doing things differently to be more actively and intentionally welcoming. Why now? Why in March of 2022? Well, <laughs> I guess I would say, I think we were gifted last year with Justice Unbound, which is a program of the Presbyterian Church USA. 
started, created a resource, Disabling Lent, and centered disabled voices and the parents of disabled persons, and really gave us a platform, a venue through which we could engage this process. So we decided that um, we would we would create um, the other resources needed to for our worship series and for our community during the season of Lent, thanks to the gift of that resource last year from Justice Unbound. And I would say, too, that in the past couple of years, there's been a real increase in conversation, which has been awesome, a real increase in conversation about diversity, equity, and inclusion in all, all venues, which is good. Sometimes disability gets left out of that conversation. And I think it's past time that that places of like, you know, faith communities look in, into disability and, and how to incorporate disability inclusion into their, you know, into their communities and spaces. But I would say that, you know, I would also say that like, this is a really good time because people are starting to really think about these issues with intentionality. And I personally really want to make sure that disability doesn't get left out of that conversation, that disability is a central part of that because disability affects 15% of the world's population. And I think in the United States, the statistic is closer to 25%. So, and, and disability transcends people of all races, all ethnicities and genders and gender identities and, and socioeconomic status, disability transcends all of that. So I think it's just really important that that becomes part of our conversation and, and Hope Gateway is a good place to start that. How do we expand the sensitivity in an earnest way such that it's not patronizing or just being nice or just saying this is something we should do? How do we really take it to heart so it becomes a part of who we are in a journey together rather than I'll make this accommodation for you so you can have a seat? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think that centering disabled voices is one of the key places to start. And I think Hope Gateway is doing a really good job of, of doing that in this, this series and making sure that disabled voices are kind of taking center stage in terms of the sermons during the series. And also, I think that's a really important piece, right? To make sure that you're hearing from the people who have that experience. But also, we created a daily practices calendar for the season of Lent so that each day there's an activity that folks can do to kind of expand their awareness, but also expand their understanding of disability. So it's not so much, oh, I need to just do this thing to help somebody else. It's really where the goal, I think, or part of the goal is to really make that a part of your daily thinking and make that a part of your daily practice is just to be thinking about that. Because I think sometimes disability just doesn't, it's something that we just don't think about all the time. So this is hopefully expanding that. My hope is that that will really help people to kind of understand that this is just it's just part of, it's part of your daily life. It's part of what we can be doing all the time, not just as something special. Yeah, I would totally agree. I think one of the, as a part of our calendar and our daily practices, we've had some things that are like, when you go for a walk, pay attention to 
these things that might be obstacles for people with disabilities. Or when you go to the store, think about these things that might be obstacles for somebody who can't reach on a shelf that high or somebody who can't access the card machine. One of the gifts of our small group that we have focused on this that people are still invited to join at this point was that one of our participants took that framework and when she was going to the store saw that there were shopping carts in the area around the place for the accessible van parking and took those shopping carts and moved them out of there so that somebody with a a van that needs a needs access for a ramp could get out of could use that space could get out of their vehicle and could access the store And she thought about that because of the other invitations that she had. So this is not just about making Hope Gateway more accessible for people with disabilities, but it's about being aware of how the world is inaccessible for people with disabilities and what can we do as individuals and as a community to make the world more accessible for people with disabilities. Yeah. And I just want to add one more thing too. It has been really awesome to hear about some of the things that people are doing and thinking about differently since they started doing those daily practices. It's been really exciting to see that. I would also say, Art, you made a really good point about how do we get people to do these things with integrity rather than just kind of, I'm doing this to be nice for somebody who needs me to be nice. And I think that's a real challenge that disabled people encounter a lot. They might find someone that wants to help them, but doesn't want to engage in a, in a really authentic relationship. And, and so one of the things that we also tried to do in this calendar was to, to really show resources that really communicate the joy and the art and the full humanity of, of disabled lives, right? So we have, for example, like we have a video of um, a disabled dancer have um, a photo gallery of like a a hashtag disabled joy from Twitter and a bunch of photos from that. So just kind of just showcasing that that disabled people are fully human and and complex and and worthy of full relationship and not just of doing something to be nice. And I want to press that just one minute. It's one thing to become more aware, to perhaps become more sensitive more than just observing that there is something that doesn't seem right, doesn't feel right, that somebody's, you know, left the shopping cart, as you say, Sarah, in in the spot that should be free and wide open for accessibility. How do we move from awareness? And I want to put a little parentheses in there. Some people may see something that or perceive something as needing to be changed but maybe don't have the courage or the self-confidence to step forward and say, let's do something different here. Courtney, you talked about having some resources made available. How does all of that fit into someone perceives things that are just not right? Accessibility does not exist, but they don't feel like they're strong enough or their voice isn't prophetic enough to step forward and say, We need to live differently, people. And here is the wholesome, God-generated reason why. I think in part, that's the gift of community that we, that each of us, 
that we as a community are embarking on this anti-ableist journey. You know, I think it's not dissimilar to a anti-racist journey and that we all sort of acknowledge that we are all ableist. Like it's not a condemnation of each individual and that even people with disabilities have internalized ableism. Like people who are black have internalized racism that, but we aren't acting as individuals in this system that we together are taking this journey. And so it's not just on you to see what's wrong and to see what needs to be fixed, but to have other people that you can talk with about this and process that and say, this doesn't seem right to me, but I'm not really sure what to do about it. Because sometimes the things that you are uncomfortable about and like you see that are wrong with the world, your solutions to them might not actually be great solutions. Because you come from an ableist lens and maybe you come from a a lens that has never actually dealt with that problem, but you see that something seems wrong, but, but we really need to engage with center the voices of people who are actually struggling with that issue and see what their solutions are. So I, I guess one of the things I'm really learning in the past few years through anti-racism and anti-ableism learning is that, that it's actually okay to just be uncomfortable and to not have a solution. And to be curious and to be seeking a solution, but it's okay to not have the solution, to not conceive of a solution yourself. Yeah. And I would say too, like, as a, as a disabled person, like I've been disabled my whole life and that situation that you mentioned or or that you, you know, where you notice something wrong and you feel like you're not sure how to solve it or your voice isn't strong enough I feel that like almost every day I encounter that kind of situation like there's inaccessibility everywhere and it's about deciding like what to put my energy towards to address it and so I think Sarah makes a really good point is that having community to talk about that stuff with is super helpful and the other thing that's helped me like on my in my personal life dealing with that is um, following other disabled activists, maybe on social media, for example, or connecting with them in in some way to kind of learn like, okay, this problem isn't just something I'm experiencing. This is something that lots of people are experiencing. And from what Sarah said too, like by making those connections, you can conceive of new solutions that you might not have thought of yourself. I really have been kind of envisioning (laughs) that, you know, it would be really lovely if coming out of this series, if Hope Gateway could put, you know, like if we had a team of folks that wanted to talk about how to, how to address things at Hope Gateway, right? So, but, but not just one person, but instead a community of, of, you know, or a team of folks that are really looking at things and, and brainstorming together and putting their heads together to come up with solutions to, to make things more inclusive of all people. Courtney, you lead me to one more question that I want to ask, and I'll, I'll focus it first towards you, Sarah, because you have lived this way longer than I have, but it seems to be sort of part of the DNA of what Hope Gateway is. Hope Gateway seems to be nimble, seems to be adaptable, seems to be able to come up with generative solutions, sensitivity to emerging circumstances. 
When I read Paul Nixon's book about refusing to lead a dying church, chapter three, I think it was, it talked about earlier days of Hope Gateway serving one particular community and then finding itself in a new place and reaching out to another community. And then the struggles over the last few years that resulted in the disaffiliation from the denomination. And now we're emerging into a new time and place. What gives Hope Gateway the capacity to form teams, to have a sense of community, to be able to become more aware of emerging needs, or just being faithfully introspective and saying to be faithful means to journey in this direction? Yeah, I think that one of the pieces of our DNA is one that we learned early in our training. What we learned is that your mission will kiss you. Say that again. That your mission, we be, we learned from one of our mentors early on, that your mission will come and kiss you. Uh, and that, that you don't have to conceive of it. You don't have to have it completely formed. You don't have to like have a 10-year plan or a five-year plan or a one-year plan, but that what God has for you will arrive and that your openness to it and that your willingness to be transformed by it will create who you are meant to be. And we believed that early on, even before it really happened to us, but it happened to us with the recovery community, even before we had our own space. It happened to us with the asylum-seeking community at the very beginning of our identity as Hope Gateway. It happened to us with the LGBTQ community all along the way from some people who were a part of us really early on who didn't identify as a part of the LGBT community and then did. And then we said, oh, I mean, it wasn't a total transformation, but it was those who we have drawn close to our hearts have led us in these directions. And so I really feel like when your heart is expansive and your mission is nimble, then you are capable of transformation in ways that Hope Gateway has been capable of. And so we move in the journey now to disabling Lent and to addressing what it means to embrace all and to confess at the same time that we haven't done as good a job of that as we've been invited to do. Some closing thoughts, Courtney or Sarah or both. Yeah, I guess I'll just say I think that Hope Gateway is a really creative community and an imaginative one. And I think that's really puts us in a good position to be thinking about these things in new ways. We have people who are not afraid of trying something new. And that's a really, that's a really good thing and aren't afraid to be asked hard questions, even when those hard questions are uncomfortable. That's also really, really great. And I, I sincerely hope that this can be just the beginning and that these conversations can really help us to make changes within Hope Gateway in terms of what we can do to be more actively welcoming of, of disabled folks in terms of the logistics of things that we do, but also just in perspective. And I hope that that can help us all to 
be more inclusive in other parts of our lives as well. Because it, you know, being a, the part a part of the Hope Gateway community isn't just within these within these virtual walls, if you will. <laughs> so I hope that it can inspire us to do more in all aspects of our lives. Yeah, I really hope that this Disabling Lent series and then what emerges from that takes us deeper and helps us to unlearn the things that we have learned that are unhelpful and to to learn things that we have never opened ourselves to learning. I think it also invites us to really engage in a deeper understanding of ourselves, a deeper understanding of the world, and not in creating a separate worship service or program or ministry to people who are disabled, but to inviting people of all abilities and all disabilities to engage with our community and with the world and bring the giftedness that they have to participate and to form us into who who we have yet to become. And to make the circle wider, as Mark Miller would invite us to do. Courtney, Sarah, thank you both so much for this conversation about our current series, Disabling Lent, an anti-ableist Lenten series. Thank you. To learn more about Hope Gateway in Portland, Maine, please visit www.hopegateway.com. Thank you.